Set your faces to fun and hold on to your buns. Let's talk Star Trek, the next generation. With Charlie and Megan, shut up, Wesley, you're dumb. So come on, set your faces to fun. Welcome back to Set Phasers to Fun, everybody. Hey! Episode 31. Oh, 31? Really? And, coincidentally, that's the age of our guest today, <laughs> Tony Thaxton. <laughs> How dare on, you? coordinating <laughs> guest ages with number of episodes. That means uh, it's going to be forever before we get Patrick Stewart out here. And that's the only bar. Was that just a slam on Patty Stew? He's just, he's up there in age. It's just slam that's, on that's our right. ability to put out podcasts at a decent clip. That's right. <laughs> How old is he? 70-something? Gotta be. Because I was, I was wondering as I watched some of these clips that you told me to watch. Yeah. Because he's been bald forever, which did surprise me in, uh... Am I talking too much already? No. You haven't even introduced me. Alright, <laughs> our first guest is Tony Thaxton. Hey, everybody. Pleasure to be here. Uh, you know Tony from... Well, he does the music for this podcast. That's true. Jesus. He has his own podcast. Also true. Called Feliz Navi Pod. <laughs> Correct. He was a drummer in a rock and roll outfit called Notion City Soundtrack. Correct. Charlie's not reading any of this. He just knows this stuff. It's true. He's been studying up. He also has other credits. That's true. He also makes a mean lasagna. Charlie knows me much better than you, clearly. Because <laughs> I'm more known for my rigatoni. That's why they call me Tony, actually. <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> hey, Patrick Stewart was born in 1940, so somebody else do the math on that. That means he's, he's at least 45. 77. 77? He's yeah. that high? Wow. So he was already... Uh, a bit up there when they were doing this show. Yeah, so he was 45. There are delightful screen grabs of him uh, with uh, in his Star Trek regalia wearing a toupee. They're like, what if we, what if he was a Harry Jean, you know, Jean-Luc Picard? So they have him in a little toupee. But he looks absurd. And he's like, this is ridiculous. Now, I'm just going to get this out right away. Not really a big Star Trekman. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a Trekophile. Uh... But uh, what and so in watching the clips that you told me to watch, I was uh, in my memory. I just always picture him completely bald. So I was I was a little thrown that he has the little bit of. He's got the ring. He's got the, yeah, he's yeah. got yeah. the Kyle Gas. Yeah, that's right. It's because he's so smart. All of the all of the hair gets singed away from the heat of his brilliance. <coughs> Cowers around his like ear line to, for warmth. They're like, we gotta that's keep right. the fires burning. That's what it is. <laughs> um, before we dive into this week's topic, shall we do as we always do and set our phasers to listener mail? Yay! A guy in jail, Christian Bale, a girl named Gail. You never know who's gonna write in, so set your phasers to listener mail. Okay, Tony I was Thaxon. hoping for a live performance. Tony Thaxon, I'm only gonna refer to you as Tony Thaxon. That's that's fine. It happens a lot. You have already accomplished such great heights in this podcast with all of your <laughs> uh, incredible uh, segment jingles. So, well, oh, that's very nice of you. Thank God you. Bless I'm gonna you. be honest. I forgot that I did that one, and so when you played it, I was like, "Oh yeah, this thing." 
So when you were hoping for such a clip, you just don't even notice. (laughs) And that's probably uh, for people who are just joining us now. That's that's probably the the best that our podcast is going to do is our is Tony's clips. Like the rest of it is just us breezy, breezy banter about half remembered episodes of Star Trek. Yeah. Should we just call it? (laughs) Yeah, we're done. We've got like three more segments though. We gotta we gotta get through. (laughs) All right, we got a lot of hot. Hot questions, because I personally begged people. HQs. <laughs> uh, Admirals Club member. Admirals Club. <laughs> Forgot about that, too. <laughs> Jenna writes in, uh, concerts above the Enterprise on TNG, the worst, question mark? Um, well, this is kind of the heart of our topic today, music on the show. Um uh, we can table this one. Yeah, we'll put a pin in that one. Yeah. We'll come back to it. Uh, her second question, Tony, please rank the TNG Christmas episodes. Uh, well, I mean, there's so many, it's hard to pick from. Uh, I mean, probably my favorite is Oh Come All Ye Data. <laughs> um... And then probably my least favorite one would be Oh Christmas Picard. <laughs> Where he gets turned into a tree. Yeah. I don't know, Tony. I think Oh Jingle Wharf is pretty bad. Well, see, yeah, that's that's controversial around <laughs> my house. <laughs> my wife and I get into arguments about that all the time. What, where do you guys land on It's Very Controversial, but Shuttle Ride? <laughs> I, I, I thought I had a better premise than Execution, honestly. That's what I thought. Yeah. I want to be honest. What did you say? Shuttle ride. Explain. It's like sleigh ride. The popular uh, Christmas carol. Shuttle? Is that shuttle, what you said? Like a shuttle craft. Okay. I thought I was missing something. <laughs> no. Nope. And I'm just slow is really all it was. <laughs> they have shuttles on the show. Right. Space shuttles. Shuttle. Space shuttle. <laughs> yep. They launched the Discovery. I missed the, the shuttle tea of that joke. Should we call it? (laughs) (laughs) Just wanted to let that one land. You told a joke. Yes. I am not laughing. Yes. Yeah, I think I think you you nailed your ranking. Thank you. Those are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and then everything else is kind of tied for the middle. But (laughs) (laughs) they were only on for seven seasons, but they did twenty four Christmas episodes, which is weird. (laughs) It's kind of it was kind of uh, doing my shtick before I got to it with the year round Christmas. Yeah, it's most most episodes are Christmas episodes. There was that whole subplot where Picard went insane and insisted on going to uh, every galaxy that had a Christmas so that he could revel right. in their Christmas traditions. It was a whole. It was that was like a whole sixteen episodes in a twenty-six episode season. Oh, you, what was the one called where Barkley went nuts and he sent them into a dimension that's all Christmas, and you could never not look at a Christmas tree. Like everything's Christmas trees. <laughs> And they were all killed by Christmas trees. <laughs> Do you remember this one? I. It's been a while since I've seen that one. No, there was a twist on it. They were killed in the partridges that were hiding in the pear trees. And then it was like, oh, I was fooled. I should have been looking at the pear trees this whole time. I was I was ensorcelled by the evergreen Christmas trees. But joke's on me, Barkley hit me where I live. And then... Of course, Riker saved the day by coming into Santa Claus and tricking the dimension into letting them go. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, of course. So, now, spoiler alert if you have to. 
Well, of course I've seen it. I have... Now, let's let's pretend that I've not seen much of this show. Let's just pretend. Let's suspend disbelief for a second. I'll use my imagination. Now, are there actually Christmas episodes? No, no none. They're not. There aren't even really holiday episodes. Like, there's no... We have to go to the Beta Z Festival of Crystal Delights or whatever. No life day shenanigans. There's no life day. Yeah, see, I'm, that's much more my my speed. Is if anyone listening knows anything about me, they know I'm I'm a I'm a big Star Wars man, but not a big trekophile. Friends, if you are not following Tony's Instagram feed where he autocorrects the names of Star Wars characters, do yourself a big hot face. <laughs> Because that, that makes me ch- uh, chortle aloud at my laptop easily two or three times a week. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at Star Wars Autocorrect on Instagram. And they're all real. I'm not making them up. That's what happens when I type those names in my phone. It's, it's truth. He does the heavy, heavy uh, scullering work of typing it, Kaigon Jin's name into a, to your phone and autocorrecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. Jenna is on fire with the questions. Jenna, forever. Third question. Forever has her heart. Who of the crew would be the best drummer? Oh, this oh, is definitely boy. in the wheelhouse. Oh, this is a fun one. I love these games. Let's, because we're pretending you don't know anything about the show, <laughs> let's recap some characters. We have the digitally timed data. Right, Android. Oh. So his timing would be impeccable and right. go on forever in a perpetual motion. But he would have no heart, right? He would have no soul. He would have no like spin on the classics. It would just be, it would just be like a metronome forever. Yeah, so, he'd be like a, a living a drummer, metronome. What do you think, Tony? Is that good or bad? Do you want that in a drummer? I think there's good and bad in that. Like you know, if we're doing some real simple, some real straightforward rock tunes, maybe you know, if we're doing some like. We just need some like ACDC simple drum beats. He might be the guy. But uh, Not having a delightful image of Data covering ACDC and being like, <laughs> she was a fast machine. She kept her motor clean. She was the best damn woman I have ever seen. <laughs> that's Data singing ACDC. FYI, if you weren't catching my my genius impression, that's what was happening. Whereas Worf, probably more of a metal drummer. Yeah, he's the, uh, the, the, the Klingon. Yeah. See, yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Here's, a tr- here's I, the trouble with Worf, because he wants to be the metal drummer, but in fact, he's, like, got all those Barry Manilow covers on lock. Like, that's who he really is. Do you know what I mean? He's <laughs> like, I should be into Metallica. Instead, I'm digging that sweet, soft jazz. So, like, how do you, how do you, how would he be as a drummer? Because, you know, his outsides wouldn't match his insides. He would be pretentious. You know, he'd be a poser drummer, Tony. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, maybe, uh, I don't know. I, I'd like to I'd like to hear him first before I judge on this. I, do we have a clip? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Not great, I'm going to be honest. Not great. Yeah, could you be a great drummer if you're playing music you don't love? I mean, that's really ultimately the question we're asking here. Oh, I bet so. I'm sure, I'm sure if, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of great drummers out there probably playing music they don't love. (laughs) So. Alright, Worf's in the running, Charlie. Yeah, I think he's, uh, 
right now, number one with a bullet. I don't even want to imagine Wesley playing drums. Oh. Mm. It would be so Shut up, sad. Wesley. That's the thing I know. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> you know, Wesley's drumming would be earnest AF. Do you know what I'm saying? It would be earnest aforementioned. He would just be, like, so earnest in his drumming. Like polka drumming. Polka is the famously the most earnest of <laughs> drum patterns. Right? Is that yes. Well, all the this is where my brain goes with all that is you guys said Ernest and then you said polka, which starts with a P, which makes me go Ernest P. Worrell. It's all coming together yep. in a way that I don't understand. Let's strike. Can we strike that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> the Ernest P. Worrell cross crossover lost episode is is one we don't speak of. It's very exciting. Boy. Those existed at the same time. Those two things. Ernest Star Trek P. Restoration and Ernest P. Worrell. <laughs> He's, now, he did some Christmas. He saved it. Oh, sure. He, did. he saved Christmas, and we're all thankful for him. We light a candle to him every year in my house. <laughs> Thank you, Ernest, for saving Christmas. How, do you guys, how does it make you guys feel if I were to tell you that I know more about Ernest than I do about Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, Ray Butcher was on here, and she mm. talked exclusively about dogs. So I think you are perfect. All right, right. Yeah. Like this is we want. We just want our guests to be charming. Yeah. We don't need them to know anything. It's just the collected knowledge of the world. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Should we call it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Tony is ready to get out of here. Listen, let's go back to the who would be the best drummer business because I know that data is metronomic skills and I know that Worf has passion, but I think what we're forgetting, we can't go past the fact um, that uh, William T. Riker is uh, beautiful. Well, but isn't he already a trombonesman? He is. Right. This is what I'm saying. He's got that musical ability already. Oh, you think he, he could be a multi-instrument master? Oh, for sure. He's got the one who cares about music. Like, do the other people care? Hmm. William cares. It's true. I think he would have put the time in. <clears throat> Plus, if he if he knew that drums were called skins, I think he would he would double down on that. He'd be like, oh, we gotta spend some time with some skins. <laughs> Will Riker, boom, right in there. Yeah. Beverly's got a performative thing about her. She does the plays. Maybe she could uh, hop she on. She does like a river dance style. She's a tap dancer. She, she could be like a, the Michael Flatley of Ooh, dancing. There you, know you go. I mean? So like she's, she's got rhythm then, I guess. So mm-hmm. I think we have a new front runner here. Okay. And plus, yeah. you know, let's, get, let's get the, give the ladies a shot at the drums here. Sure. We don't see a ton of lady drummers. That's I'm true. all for equal opportunity. I think Deanna could kind of feel her way into the piece so if there's more like emotional music she could really nail that yeah, i mean it's like you took really the words the out bongos. of bongos do you know what i mean like i could see deanna <laughs> with one of those yak tr- um trimmed like djembe drums do you know what i mean they, they sit around in like in like pagan bookstores and they light like candles and like, <laughs> let's have a goddess ritual and we'll like all like sync up do you know what i'm talking about did like, you we'll say all... <laughs> yak trim djembe drums <laughs> and like said it so sincere too <laughs> megan lives in a college town i don't know if anyone knows <laughs> she <laughs> She's at slam poetry concerts almost every weeknight. <laughs> I can't believe 
have a yak trim, Jimmy drum. Like, I mean, come on, people. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the hot accessory of uh, Iowa. This I thing. mean, most most of my most of my djembe's are caribou trimmed. So, <laughs> how I many djembe's do you have? Uh, about a baker's dozen. <laughs> different tones. Uh, oh. different. All made of different uh, animals. Okay. Yeah. Different animal hair, naturally. Yeah. So you like caribou? Caribou is uh, again number one with a bullet. <laughs> That's how you can tell the amateurs from the professionals, right there. That's a professional weigh-in. That is a professional weigh-in. She nailed it. Yak hairs for amateurs. And that was for Deanna that we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Real. She's in the pagan bookstore. Yes, clearly. Candles. Clearly, uh, Deanna plays a yak trim djembe. <laughs> Jordy does not have time to practice. He would not be good. No, let's rule him right out. Plus, he has no discernible rhythm. No. That's uh, LeVar Burton, correct? That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the listener. Yeah. Uh, now, also for the listener, what's the deal... <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry for my Seinfeld-esque question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's with the, his, his uh, visor. visor deal? What does that do? Does that, that allow makes... him to see? Yep. Does, he could not see without that. Blind. Yeah, he's super blind, but he wears it. Not only can he see, he can see like stuff that you and I can't see. Like, he's got enhanced eyeballs. He can see, like, radiation patterns. Like, ziggy-zaggy lines. Does he have eyeballs? Yes. He does. They're, they're covered in a milky white film because he's blind. So he's human. He's just right. a normal yeah. human, but he mm-hmm. has he's to He's human, just this. got some style and accessories. Fair enough. And then, uh, during the movies, I think, right, he gets synthetic eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And he can zoom in to things. Ooh. Yeah. Does he still have to wear the thing? Nope. No. Because the thing about the thing is, the thing gives him a headache, Tony. So the uh. whole time he can wear it, there's like this like, oh, you can see, and you can see better than humans, but it gives you a headache. Oh, uh. and cons. Yeah, and he's like, it's it's problematic because the thing gives him, like, they can Manchurian candidate if they want to. Which they do. They do. Spoiler alert. They well, can, you don't, yeah. The Romulans can, as you know. Yes. But for the listener. Yeah. yeah. If it breaks, he's kind of screwed. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's rough business. Yeah. Well, we wish him luck. He's doing fine. He became chief engineer. <laughs> he's, he's, totally he's doing fine. fine. He's totally not letting fine. it keep him down. He's doing a good job. Um, we miss anybody? I feel like we're missing someone obvious. Um, Tasha Yar would make a great drummer, but she I, died before tryouts. Well, you so are missing someone come. very obvious. Jean Luke <laughs> Peekert. <laughs> right. <laughs> he. I don't know if he would mess with it. He's too busy with that flute. That's right. That's right. He is too busy See, with See, there's the some flute. knowledge. I just don't think Full that Jean Luc Picard is a drummer in his heart. No. He's a front man. He's a total front man. He's just, I don't think that he could lose himself to the rhythm. Gloria Estefan style. I just don't think he could. Hmm. So, Tony, render your verdict. Who's the best drummer? Uh, we're, uh, I mean, the the lady. The lady, we said, that uh, tap dances, or river dances, whatever she does. Oh, Beverly? Yes, Beverly, clearly. I was making sure you said the right name. 
Yeah. yeah, that's good. Although her drummer name could be The Lady. Like, that could be the name of her band. The Lady! <laughs> it's Riker and The Lady. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I could see the t-shirt now. Like, a black t-shirt that says The Lady, and the Y is like a lightning bolt. The Lady. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Believe me, Beverly, there was only one decision. I just hope it was the right one. All right, let's fire our phaser for the second time. Oh, it's... It's longtime friend of the show, Bryce Defer. Hey! Admiral's Club. Are either of you watching, this includes you too, are any of you watching Star Trek Discovery? Uh, what do you think of it, if so? He shortened it to ST colon disco. You got two f- 180 characters now, Bryce. Just spell it out. <laughs> also, hang up, hold the phone, stop the presses. Forget Star Trek Discovery. I want to watch Star Trek Disco. Sure. Like, right there. That's the show. Discovery? We've been there, discovered that. Let's talk about Star Trek Disco. That would be amazing. Right. Can you imagine? Let's I mean, get some, like, um, some Saturday Night Fever-esque, like, moves and pants and boots and struts and chest hairs. This would be, This is it. Some well, golden medallions of space. If you think about life on Earth, I do. Not in Starfleet, sure. Yeah. There's no no one needs anything. Nobody has to work. Aren't they at nightclubs constantly discoing? Man, I would be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing talking to you, yokels. I could be discoing right now. In what one of Iowa City's many daytime disco. Many decks. daytime disco. We like to do our discos around 10 a.m. Really, 10 to 2 is the perfect discoing time here in Iowa because after after 2 p.m. you really should be either milking a cow or saying a prayer. Like we just that's we have a strong feeling about it. Smart. We're very skeptical of nighttime discoing. Um to answer your question, Bryce, yeah, I'm watching it. <laughs> what do you think of it? It's good. Yeah. All right. Um this last episode was directed by a late stage uh, Jonathan Frakes. Late stage. What's the thing to say to somebody? Are you a late stage Charlie Fonville? Like, I'm medium stage. Later, later stage than he was on the TV show when we watch him. Stride hitting Megan Cogarty. That's what I'm going to call. <laughs> Where would you be? I mean, I think you and I are. We're pretty close, I think. We're, I think I'm mid-stage also. You're mid-stage? I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. I feel... I'm, I'm, I'm one of these days, Megan Gogarty. <laughs> <laughs> Any second now, Megan Gogarty. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts about Discovery? You're not watching it. The Discovery Channel? Yeah. I watch it from time to time, yeah. Yeah. How um, do you like the spaceship show on it? More of a Planet Earth guy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I have I have nothing to add on this topic. Great. I have been watching Planet Earth two at home. Does that relate? Nope. All right. <laughs> Should we wrap? Should we call it? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> we're done. And thus concludes our listener mail that our phasers were sent to. Well, we're gonna dive back into Jenna's pinned question. Yep. Uh, Tony's here to talk music on the show. Specifically, music performed on the show. Yes. Your Riker 10 Forward Jazz concerts, your classical concerts, your 
uh, weird metal that that kid listened to. Oh, yeah. Um, your time-traveling flute sounds. Yeah, your time-traveling, yeah, yeah, big one. The TTFS. There's, I couldn't find it, but there's an episode where there's like a, um, a reception for somebody, and there's like a, a chime guy with a bunch of stuff on a his chime face. chime guy. He's like playing tubular bells <laughs> in 10th forward. Bell. I couldn't find it. It exists. What it's, was the name of that tubular bells guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? I don't know. Oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna see if I can find because I think Paul F. Tompkins posted it. Peter Bells. What was his name? And he had a whole other thing that was great. Oh, I found it. It's Mike Oldfield, and what I'm thinking of, Two Peter Bells in 1992. But his, I'm thinking of his album Amarok from 1990, which really dominated far too much of my college life. Tony. That's me. Hello. What do you think about the music? Good, bad? Uh, that you heard? Well, you know, the uh, it was a little all over the place. Uh, it, there are different things that I saw. I, I, I'm going to just go right down the list of what you told me to watch. Okay. And the first thing that I watched was season one, episode 14. Well, mm-hmm. you, you told me to specifically, and it's uh, it's a scene of some uh, some jazz happening. Yep. And uh, let me tell you, as a musician, particularly a drummer, a big pet peeve of mine is bad fake playing, and this <laughs> might be the worst I've ever seen. This is up there with uh, La Bamba. Richie Valen, uh, I mean, Lou Diamond Phillips uh, fake guitar playing in La Bamba. <laughs> Who was bad fake playing? Everyone. Everybody. As particularly the drummer. Okay. I don't think this guy has uh, he, he, he does not know how to play the drums at all. <laughs> now which episode is this? Did you make him watch Charlie? Is this the one where Minuet is in the holodeck? Binars, right? I don't know the name off the top of my head. Uh, is this the one where Riker invents a, a place to go play jazz and, and Minuet is his perfect woman? It is. It's, he is playing uh, for, yeah, there's a woman in the crowd that he's, like, particularly playing. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's the binars. The binars make his perfect woman. Yes, Minuet is her name. And uh, Her name, by the way, is Minuet. Also, <laughs> I will... I will say that even his uh, fake trombone playing is is not convincing. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Just, you open our eyes here. Just the but scales again, are falling from our eyes. Because he does actually play trombone. Really? Well, see, maybe, maybe I'm the dummy here. Maybe maybe I'm just uh, thinking about it too hard. Uh, but well, it just... isn't it this the perils of filmmaking? Like, everybody's a bad dancer because they have to cut the music and everybody dances, right? Like, I heard that. Like, that's why everybody in movies yeah. looks like a dumb dancer because they're not actually dancing to the music because they got to record the sound. I mean, you guys are film right. guys and tech people. You know about stuff, right? Right. Well, that's, that's my... Uh, on top of just, like, playing it badly, the drummer, there, there, is, there are some shots where you can clearly see his hands in the background... And the the brush is not coming anywhere near that symbol. Like it's never <laughs> making contact, and you can clearly see that it's not. Um, I think Tony, the one thing you're forgetting <coughs> is how in the future there's a lot of telekinetic drumming. 
So uh, he's just like gestures towards the drum with his brush. Do you think this his is brush nose? Uh, to strike. It's like hit sticks. Do you guys remember hit sticks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you think maybe he's got a hit sticks situation going on here. Potentially, potentially. Because you didn't need. I remember that jingle way too. So you didn't you didn't need drums to make those sounds. It's true. <laughs> um, so big thumbs down to the Binar Jazz Club. Yeah, not a big fan. Not a big fan. And the also, uh, yeah, the. Um, the I don't know. If... Can make pretty ladies, but they can't make good jazz. No. Boom. I mean, the, Americans the, win. The actual jazz <laughs> itself seemed. I don't know. I'm. I jazz is not really my thing. I. I I can respect it, but I don't really, admittedly, understand it most of the time. Yeah, you're not smart enough to yeah. like it. Uh, I feel that way about a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so it just sounds like jazz to me. Like that's yeah, fine, yeah. whatever. But the uh, the I fake performances of it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, and the I can't I couldn't tell if the guy playing the upright bass was the world's tallest man or if that was a tiny upright bass. <laughs> Because it looked very strange and not right to me, because wow. the like heads the headstock of the base is like below his face or even with his face, and wow. uh, it was it was it would it, it was weird to me. In the future, our bases will all be weirdly shrunk. <laughs> What's a knockout like you doing in a computer-generated gin joint like this? Waiting for you. Waiting for me. Okay, then then what'd you watch, Tonebone? Let's see here. So those are my very <laughs> interesting thoughts on that. Uh, then you had me go season six, episode twenty-four, uh, which was more um, space jazz trombone playing. Yeah. Uh, was that? Which one was this? That was Nightbird, I think. Yes, that's correct. Which? When, go ahead. When uh, Troy calls out the song that Riker can never play right. But then he gets saved by having to go to the bridge or whatever. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Now what? I I'm sorry, not me. I don't want I because I know the answer. But for the listener, yeah. Do, is there a payoff to this, or is this just, or is this like a recurring thing that happens throughout the show, or is there ever a payoff to this Nightbird? So song? you didn't you didn't watch the whole episode. I have, but let's assume the listener has not. Um, <laughs> well, as you remember in that episode. Uh, so Troy and Riker have this long relationship. Yes. And they basically had to break up and they got on different ships. Mm-hmm. They've come back together some years later. Now they're on the Enterprise. In this episode... So there's simmering tension. There's simmering hot sexual tension between them. Clearly. But sometimes they do it anyway. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, so in this episode, they go to a like a space station or like a moon base mm-hmm. that has been inaccessible for several years that Riker had been to previously. They go down on the planet because this storm opens up every once in a while. And they discover Riker, when he transported up to the ship, his pattern bounced back down to the surface. So there are two Rikers. This is a baller up, Tony. He's survived for like eight years on this moon and he's gone kind of crazy. And he gets back up on the ship and he and Deanna are still together in his mind. Um... So it was kind of a little presage of like, oh, our relationship was this way. It's like sliding doors, only both Gwyneths are in the same room. And they're like, I can't believe you slid in sliding doors that way. 
old Gwyneth and current Gwyneth is like, well, you don't know anything past Gwyneth, and then they like argue about their Gwynethdom. Um, I feel That's as lost as Tony must feel because I've never seen Sliding Doors. Well, Sliding Doors is like if Riker um, found the old Riker. You know, you, this metaphor works both ways. Like you just have to be. You just—it's an analogy. You just have to know one of the things. You don't have to know both of the things. So shout out sure. to you, um, STTNG slash Sliding Doors fans, of which there is maybe 1.5. And of course, this all comes back around because uh, Gwyneth Paltrow played the ghost of Christmas past <laughs> on the <laughs> episode of Christmas Data. Yes. Yeah, she's really slumming it. Season this four. Season four. Where she had episode. her breakout in uh, the Heads movie. What was the Heads movie where she got her head cut off? What was that movie? Seven. <laughs> Seven, <laughs> yeah. Movie. I thought you were talking about Airheads for a second. Or the Monkeys movie, Head. Oh, Let's not sell yeah. that short. Or that, Head that of State, year. starring Chris, Chris Rock. Rock. <laughs> the hilarious 2000... That movie came out in 2006, y'all. Can you believe it? In 2006, it was enough of a comedy pr- uh, premise to be like, what if there was a black guy who was a president? Like, isn't that amazing? 2006! Yeah. That's the... That's the the speed of history that's happening in us right now. Was it really called Head of State? Yes. Okay, great. Starring Chris Rock. Yeah. Starring Chris Rock. Great. I just made that up. <laughs> is there really a movie? <laughs> oh my god. It's like Sliding Doors. Only it Chris is Rock's like president. Oh, it's the girl from the Head movie. From the Heads movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they were reshooting that with uh, Christopher Plummer. Hey, it's a current reference-ish. Um, I had an idea to start a production company that would only reshoot uh, Kevin Spacey's parts in movies with Christopher Plummer, and it's going to be called uh, Plum Out of Space. (laughs) You know what you could do is you could put Kevin Spacey in all of Christopher Plummer's old movies and then do reverse. Right, so you Colonel have Kevin Spacey in that. Yeah, Colonel- yeah, exactly, <laughs> being like, no Nazis in Austria. Edelweiss, Edel. I can't do Kevin Spacey impression, but if I could, it would be him singing Edelweiss right now. Sure. So just insert Megan doing Kevin Spacey doing Edelweiss. Let's cut to that clip right now. Yeah. <laughs> So that's that's the reason this is brought up, basically. Um, yeah, it's like it's like uh, how are they the same? Are they the same kind of person? Do they have the same limits and ex- they were the same person, but now these eight years have they like how much of ourselves are our experiences, right? And like, can he play? Isn't that isn't that how isn't that the twist, Charlie? Am I misremembering this? You are. I don't think they ever play jazz again. Really? He doesn't get his trombone at the end and be like, I can play this really hard part. No, they put him on a ship. And then Riker yeah, blows the, it up. But Riker gives him the trombone. Like, listen, Tom, I'm going to give you, right? Because he calls him Tom. That's his middle name. Right. right. Thomas. And he's like, I always hated that name. And he's like, I, I like it because I'm different from you. I'm a, I'm a whole other Gwyneth. And so then he gets the trombone. Like, here you go, other Gwyneth. Have it. Enjoy your sliding doors. And he's like, okay. And then he pl- plays the hard part, maybe. Maybe I made that part up. Maybe that's <laughs> only my dream. But I know the trombone gets passed. I think you're making that up. I, I will say, in in, in seeing these clips, I, I did finally go, oh, okay. Because I remembered 
flipping around just on TV bored years ago one night and a Next Generation episode being on and I stopped it at, because I was very distracted by seeing Riker like sitting at a desk and there being a trombone behind him and I had no idea that that was like a thing that he uh, played the trombone and I always just thought that seemed weird and out of place that there was a trombone there but now I guess totally. that's that was a whole thing. Yeah, I mean a, a part of his character is that he's like a ladies man so they had to well, symbolize that. And ladies Everybody love the trombone. The trombone player. Nobody gets the ladies like trombone players. Oh yeah. So in my high school the trombone players were all these like guys with like behavioral disabilities or like these big overgrown guys like they were not like the, they were not the guys that got the ladies right it was the trumpet players who got the ladies and they were yeah. like ugh stupid trumpet players when you think like over the years of like notorious ladies men in rock and roll like I mean you think of Fred Wesley right away from James Brown's band sure like that's the first person that comes to everyone's mind when I think of Blues Brothers I think of Bones Malone exactly Tom Bones Malone. I too think of those. Um, <laughs> then now can we move on? Yes. Move on. Uh, so um, I, I'm looking at my phone only because I wrote a few notes down, not because I'm okay. ignoring you. I Great. just want to make that clear for the listener. Great. <laughs> um, what? Uh, so you then? It's the one where they capture the human who's been on the uh, warrior race thing. Uh, and he listens to like metal opera. Oh, okay. And the that that uh, Picard walks in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's. Uh, I. <laughs> I think we. I hate when people ask this on on show. Can I swear on here? Yes. Okay. Because I only wrote. I I didn't write down much on this, and my first note is, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> because I I don't know. I again I, only just went. To the point that you told me, and had no idea what was happening, and just heard... It's basically... Yeah, it's like nothing but synths. It's just like a bunch of synthesizers <laughs> all together. Yeah, but angry synths, Tony. Like, they're angry. Yeah. They're That's true. expressing discontent. Discontented they were... synths. Oh! Um, that's gonna be my band name. It's gonna yeah. be the lady and the discontented synths. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gonna be on the charts. But the yak-skinned Jimba is going to be acoustic, <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, of course. I don't want to sell out, you know what I mean? I don't want to go electric with my yak-skinned, my yak-trimmed Jimba. So Smart. you weren't able to bring any insider nuance understanding of the synth nonsense? No, the first thing that it made me think is, is you know, I get to write music for other people or for shows and things sometimes and i was it kind of did make me a little jealous of the person that got to make that music because i was like one it's fun to just make weird stuff like that but two is like that probably was not very hard it's just like oh i have to make something really bizarre and weird so uh i was like i'm just gonna hit a bunch of sounds together and then I'm, I'm good. It seems like one of those like jobs like oh that's what you need all right and it takes five minutes and you're good so that's not what your process was- currently I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was somebody's like PhD thesis project that was like, at last, here's my opportunity to put my my weird tubular synth sound 
to a wider audience. <laughs> I'm I'll sure. sneak it in. I've been, it's my labor of love for seven years. I've been working on this. I know you Angry probably will have sound. some listener that'll like say, actually, <laughs> this song is, and the, there's like a pre-existing song that some genius guy made. And you you lost us with. You're probably gonna have some listener. <laughs> we are not. Sorry, what did you say, Megan? It's gonna be Mike Oldfield of Tubular Bells being like, "This was my uh. masterpiece." My masterpiece. <laughs> um, then what'd you get into? Uh, yeah, that's uh, not much on that one. Uh, okay. Now, now we moved on to season six, episode nineteen, <laughs> and now we're getting some flute action going on. Oh, yeah. this is great episode. This Which is where I... he time travels through the flute. No, I gave him the wrong order. Oh, I yes. should have had you listen to Inner Light first, then Is this that, one. Okay. We can, we, Light, can go, we can go there if you want, because they both involve the flute, I guess. Well, I'll just, for the listeners, I know you know this. Yes, exactly. Inner Light is when Picard gets probed, and he gets, in his mind, lives the life of this guy on this doomed civilization that's mm-hmm. going to be exploded by a star, right? And he learns how to play the flute. Yeah, and so he spends like 80 years living with and having a family, and then his planet's blown up. Yes, um, and I will say, uh, this is the one that uh, I watched the part that you told me to watch. Or no, actually, I, I you said, like, any part that he's playing the flute, basically. <laughs> like, watch those parts. So I, I started to scroll a little bit, and I saw the very beginning, and I was like, oh, this is the one I'm going to watch all the way through. And I, the, what sucked me in was his crazy-ass outfit he was wearing at the beginning. He had just some real strange pants on that I don't really know how to describe. Picard did? Yes. When he's when he's wake, when he's like with his his wife in this uh, he's just got the most bizarre outfit and that was the one I was like well if I'm going to watch one I think this is the one I'm going to watch. Oh, I can't remember. Again I mean. They call him bizarre pants. <laughs> bizarre pants. It's like an upholstery jodper onesie with a belt. <laughs> They're like it's like a burlap onesie with jodhpurs and and like clogs. These were like Crocs. Listen, <laughs> in the future, everyone wears sensible shoes. I mean, to be fair, he looks like a guy that would play the flute. He looks like he should be playing flute in Jethro Tull right now. Oh, here it is, beautiful. I mean, and he's got those he's yeah. got those Luke Skywalker leg warmers on too. They're like I just wrapped ace bandages around my calves, and we're gonna call it pants. <laughs> He's a good looking um, man. So this is this is a a recurring thing as well as so his, his playing of the He Listen, once you go flute, you can't go back, Tony. So they did this so that whoever got probed by this thing could tell their story to mm-hmm. future civilizations. So he retained all these memories, so he's got this whole life. Yes. So he remembers how to play the flute. Okay, so this is the introduction of him ever playing... Correct. Okay. He learns to play the flute through the probe. When Sexy Astronomer shows up with a piano, with a rollout piano... Oh, yes, yes. Uh Uh-huh. He's able to bust out the old... He's like, thanks, dead civilization guy, for my new sexy moves. He plays something, and she asks what it is, and he says, it's an old folk melody. Which... I wondered if he was just bullshitting her, if that was true. It's really no. an old folk melody. Right, yeah, he's not bullshitting. Picard, 
Picard doesn't need moves because he's got sincerity. He's just a walking sex candy. And he can play Frere Jaca on the flute. Because yeah. he does that at one point, and I was like, yeah, that's the song you're going with? Now, is it a flute or is it a recorder? What's yeah, it's kind of more record, but I feel like they call it a flute, don't they? Yeah. yeah. They do. Does it have a tassel? Yeah. Yeah. It does. That's what makes it a flute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. I feel Would like there's think- a ribald joke to be made here that I'm just going to bypass. Just insert ribald tassel flute joke. All right, we'll cut to that clip. And let's all pretend it was great. That's your next one-woman show. (laughs) (laughs) The tasseled flute. (laughs) (laughs) Opening for uh, the lady and the... (laughs) And the discontented sense. Yes. I forgot already, too. Yeah, this is another uh, thing where... It's not that hard to fake play a recorder, but, like, right. the sound that you're hearing is clearly pre-recorded and all that. Like, I like a little authenticity. Sure. Come on. You want to hear a little of the dirt. You want to exactly. hear a little of the dirt inside the flute, right? The air, yeah. the the uh, the realness, the, the dead skin cells that are deposited there when you blow into the flute after a while. It, you took the words out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yes. I gotcha. I'm a bit of a dead skin buff. That's, That's right. Dead skin Thaxton. <laughs> DST. <laughs> um, so you've watched every episode multiple times. Yes. What do you think of the kind of score that, that you've heard, if any? Burr, 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 burr. Uh, it's fine. Uh, yeah, like the the theme song itself, I think is is a perfectly good theme song and and fits the show perfectly well uh it's stirring and exciting it's you uh, it's you know and it's it's familiar like it's mm. like you don't have to watch the show regularly to know what that song is i feel like you hear it a few times you're like oh yeah that's the uh, that's the theme song yeah. um who did the the music team jerry goldsmith all right who what else is he known for do we know or is this mostly, mostly Star a- Trek? he makes okay. a great lasagna I got him confused with you. That's earlier. That's why ah, I got my 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 facts messed up. Yes. So did he do the music on the old Star Treks as well? No, or, and I think or the he's movies. More modern times. He okay. did the movie, right? Because this is the theme song from one of the movies, and they were like, "Ah, we'll just use it in the show." Oh, it is. It's from one of the movies. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think they were just like, "Let's just use this from." It's like from Star Trek Two or one of the Star Treks. The Wrath of Khan. See, I know or, Star Trek guys. One He's of left them. us. He's left us. Where oh, is no. he? Heaven uh, or hell? <laughs> doesn't say. Wikipedia doesn't have it. Boy, he did the soundtracks to Turner and Hitch, Logan's Run, Boys from Brazil, Alien, Poltergeist, Boom. Gremlins, Hoosiers. Total oh, he recall. did Gremlins. So he's responsible oh. for. <laughs> Yep. He's no John Williams, but uh, he'll do the job. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let me. Now I'm going to turn the tail. I'm going to ask you guys questions. Uh oh. Is that allowed? It's upset phases to fun first. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody ever cares what we think. (laughs) Well, I didn't say I cared. I just said I was going to (laughs) ask. 
what are your thoughts on the new Star Trek movies that have come, like the 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 uh, the last three? The oh, Chris the, Pines, the ones? starting yeah, the Chris Pine ones, the J.J. Abrams, and then on to whoever the other guy was. I forget. Um, I think they're entertaining movies. They're not Star Trek, right? And I think that is why I have. Well, I enjoyed the first one. I enjoyed the first one a lot. Because uh, I was never... Alright, look, I'm going to blow my cover right now. Not really a Star Trek guy. We're shocked! <laughs> shocked uh, to discover! <laughs> and I think... But then I remember seeing the trailer for that first one that J.J. Abrams did and thinking, that looks kind of cool. And so I was... I kind of wanted to see it. And then I saw it, and I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed it. And I know that a lot of, like, Star Trek people don't really like it because, yeah, it's not really very Star Because to me, I think what I liked about it is it felt way more like a Star Wars movie than a Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people didn't like about it. But for me, that's what that's what did it for me. The second I- one is universally terrible. Yeah. Nobody, nobody likes it. The first I, one, I mean, not to be a real boner shrinker, but the sexism <laughs> just really kicked me out of that fucking movie. Pardon my language. But the I, uh, first one, I was like, ah, gross. Now I hate this whole movie. Barumph. It's hard to be a lady. A, and then I formed my band. It's been a bit since I've seen it, so. Oh, it's sexist. What is it? Yeah, remember. there's a whole, like, Kirk. It's gross. They just misunderstand Kirk as a ladies' man. And they're trying to be like, waka, waka, waka. And there's, like, a scene where he's, like, <laughs> watching, the, watching the people change out of their clothes. And, like, I'm catching the ladies in the underwear and it's just gross and you're just like you're disgusting and it's just gross oh, wait, that was in the second one wasn't it no it's the first one because they're in the Is academy it? and it's just like yuck mm. ugh uh. ugh uh, like the whole thing about Kirk is that he's supposed to be like this ladies man but that doesn't mean a ladies man is not the same as a creep you juvenile idiots like fucking grow a pair learn about people they're your species you stupid people that's how I felt and then everyone was like Megan you gotta stop talking at a full voice we're in a crowded movie theater the rest of us are trying to enjoy this movie Yeah. and I was like um, well you're all sheep and then I stormed out did you? no no I didn't I watched the whole thing so you haven't seen it all the way through it's true um, the third one I did not like one little bit. No, me neither. Is that with uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch? No, that that's one? the second one. Oh, that one was third dumb. one. See, when, this, I, when the Beastie Boys started playing, I was like, I'm done with this. Well, that happened in the first one too. The Beastie Boys? Yeah. Oh, really? When it's uh, uh, Kirk as a kid. Oh, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm just tired of the whole naughty boy idea the whole not this is what i don't like about kirk this is why i love next generation is this whole naughty boy this is why i don't like iron man bring me your pop culture icons and i shall destroy them with the fire of my hate i can't stand this whole like i'm a naughty boy but that's why it makes me so incorrigible and yet i'm a scamp and i'm just i'm gonna get away with everything I'm just like oh gross like gross some principles you know what i mean like picard has principles that's what i'm all about you should watch Iron Man 3. Yeah, does he get his comeuppance? That's why I was like, kick his ass, Cap. Kick his ass, Captain America. That's my feeling. I know I went way off the the road there. I just had one too many Diet Cokes. But oh, which Star Trek you're is asking that? Me. Yeah, you're asking me questions, and that's how I feel about it. Kirk, um, get over what it. Other, what are your other questions? What was that? Uh, wait, I think it. 
I thought I had another question. My feminism scared it away. Uh... <laughs> like Pac-Man. <laughs> not your style. Well, conformity is not my style. Uh-oh. Guys, late-breaking listener mail. What's up? This comes in from Jason McCullough. Emerald's Club. Uh, what the hell is wrong with Shatner now? Question mark. He became a Twitter psychotic. Don't know. I haven't. I'm not on Twitter right now. Despite being on Twitter right now, <laughs> I'm not on Twitter. I mean, at the moment for a month. I, yeah, I don't know anything about him on Twitter. But isn't he notoriously an asshole? Anyways, Sounds right. I thought I've all. Yeah. I feel like I've never heard a positive thing about him as a guy. We don't deign to know anything about. The original series on this, oh. or much about Next Generation. That's right. <laughs> it's not. It's not part of our brand to be knowledgeable about the things that we're talking about. Well, that's Correct. why I'm here. That's my job. We're on our thirty-first <laughs> episode, and this is our like second or third year doing this podcast, and we're still at the level where we're like, "What's the name of that one episode? Or who's that guy? Or when did that? What was it? And who was the one?" Like that's that's easily a third of our podcast. Here's, me what, Charlie doing here's that. why we do that, because our podcast isn't episode by episode; it's the entire show the whole time. It's the gestalt. Who can remember that? Nobody can. No. Nobody. Also, we like to be accessible and, and relatable. That's right. Nobody likes to know it all. N- not us, anyway. That's right. Um, We're going hard in the opposite direction. Guys, we would be remiss, of course, if we didn't do our m- new most popular segment. Corn, 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 Maybe the dumbest song I've ever made. And I've made some dumb songs. I don't know if you listened to our last episode when I premiered the theme. Uh Uh-huh. But I played Megan's real-time reaction the entire 40 seconds of her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that makes me happy. Let me tell you, when I was recording that, because I, I live basically in a duplex, and there are people ab- above where I live, and whenever I record especially stupid things like that, I always am like, maybe they can hear me doing this right now, they wonder what the hell is going on, they're going to get it kicked out somehow. Yep. Yeah. So far, nothing, but I can only imagine what they're saying about me up there. Um, as our guest, I, I think it falls to you to ask... Megan. Now, uh, this corn. How is it? Listen, Tony, I'm, first of all, thank you for asking, because a lot of people, um, don't pay the corn much mind in January. Like, they, everyone, everyone's a fan of the corn in July. Everyone's all like, it's as high as an elephant's eye. But come January, everyone's like, corn? What? I don't even, what's that? I don't even know about it. And they get real snobby about it. So first of all, thank you very much for acknowledging that corn does exist in January. Let me tell you where it's doing. It's sleeping. It's under a band of fallen snow. We're all, like, tucked in. It's having dreams of sugar plum fairies because corn, like everything in Iowa, is, you know, a little bit late. So, like, everybody else says the sugar plum fairies in December 
here in Iowa, they don't hit till January, right? Like, we're just, like, right now, like, managing skinny jeans. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, everything's a little a little later in Iowa. So, <laughs> so now or we have our corn, and it's in it's in its skinny jeans, and it's dreaming its uh, sugar plum fairy times. And it's really looking forward to a robust February. Uh, I think a... Robust February. Yeah, it's going to get... Things are, That's my Yeah, idea. it's going to get hot. It's going to get, like, it's going to get off the hook. Let me tell you, the, the Iowa discos are going to be... Off the husk. Yeah, it's going to be off the husk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let me tell you, our flutes are going to have tassels legit come February. Now, what is your favorite corn song? Oh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you don't really have an answer to that, because you shouldn't have an answer to that. Oh, uh, there's got to be something like, uh, you know, Colonel on the Wind is a good one. <laughs> I like the one that, that, that they do, the... Uh, <laughs> I love a, song, a good song when a guy growls and gibbers. Yeah, I like it. I think they, they wrote that metal song for TNG. It's good. I, you know, mm. I would not surprise me. <laughs> yeah, but it was their PhD thesis. They were like, Corn, if this, this doesn't work out for us, then we're going to do this. We're going to make... What's that band that everybody loves in grad school that no one likes in real life? Aphex Twin. Fish? Yeah. The band that everybody <laughs> likes in grad yeah, school. Yeah, Aphex Twin. That, it no, fish? it's Aphex Twin. It's like, oh, it's just... Oh. Let's record static and we'll play it at two-thirds speed and it'll be, like, deep. <laughs> that's what that's what Korn's... That's what they were trying to do. But then they're like, well, we'll just fall back on our metal music. I'm trying to find out who... If they say who wrote the music the synth music yeah that's a very specific thing you never know well I guess yeah it could be the same guy doing the music for all of it I think it was Gene Roddenberry himself oh he was long dead by the time that show (laughs) that's the weird part (laughs) that's what made it so it was just the sounds of the worms eating his body run (laughs) through a midi So so did he not have anything to do with TNG that stands for the next generation Oh, good. Uh, no, he did. He he created it. It's so just, he was uh, still. He got. Was he alive by the time it aired? Oh yeah, yeah. I think he got kicked off at the end of the second season. They kicked him off. Yeah, yeah. Or you mean he kicked the? No, no. He was alive and through season four, but he okay. was involved after. And they kicked him off. Yeah. The... yeah. Why? They brought he's, in Ronald he's Moore. Not good. The stuff that he was doing is bad. Do you agree with this theory? Opinion. Yep. I should say not theory. Alright. Yeah. You don't think he's good? Despite having created... Well, I wouldn't go that far. ...your favorite character of all time. Look, let me break it down for you this, Tony Thaxton. Let me speak a Tony Thaxton language. Okay? Is George Lucas ceased to be good because he made some lousy prequel movies? Or can he exist in a space where you can admire what he's done and yet not want to get on board for the whole Jar Jar Binks fiasco? I understand what you're saying. I wasn't... I wasn't Yeah, boom. See? Analogy! Just ask him. Boom! That's called an analogy. That's the power Wait, an, of Gwyneth right anal- there. Can you spell it for me? I want to write that down. Yeah, Gwyneth. G. <laughs> <laughs> we just sliding doors this whole thing. <laughs> Boom! We sliding corn. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> well, well, fun fact: Gwyneth Paltrow actually is a cob of corn. A lot of people don't realize that about Gwyneth. They think she's a human woman, but in fact, she's just a series of, um, she's a corn shuck angel is what we call her. We got a... Created by Monsanto. 
Yeah, that's right. She's she's been genetically modified. She's going to resist pesticides like a mofo. Look, Charlie, I I don't think that's true. I don't know if she can hear me. But I hope she can, uh, but I don't think that's true. It's, we let her. It's her court report. It's her time. Pretty sure. You know what? Come to Iowa and disprove <laughs> me, friends. I mean, look at her walls. You think I haven't been to Iowa? <laughs> oh, I've been to Iowa. I never saw Gwyneth. You guys gave me the key to the city, didn't they? I think a couple of them. Yeah. The one, the one yeah. city. Iowa City. Yeah. They were like, "Would you lock up? Would you lock up for us? Because we're all going to bed. It's it's three p.m. It's time to turn in." Would you lock up if you're going to stay out with your foreign ways? <laughs> We've closed the discotheque down at 2.30. Yeah. And now we have to go That's to right. Because well, everybody has to go to the dentist. Last call. That's right. 2.30 p.m. There's cows to milk, corn to milk. Jokes to milk. We just milk everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other corn news, Megan? No, that's it. We have, we have exhausted the topic, I think. Corn, corn, corn. And that was Megan's corn report. <laughs> ah, it still makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> I, I say it every time. Forgot. I forgot there was a second version, <laughs> the wrap-up version. So, um, Tony, what a pleasure it's been having you. It was absolute joy. No, I thank you for having me. This was fun. Yes. Uh, I was on your podcast some months ago. That's true. You're correct. Would you say... I mean, I would say you the best guest that we've ever had. Would you say the same thing about me? No pressure. Uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, I mean, I know that all of... I just don't feel right answering that because I know that all of the guests that we have had are also listening to this right now. Yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah, anyone definitely. to feel... Definitely. You know, it's, it's... So, we'll talk about it off mic. I'll take my... You can answer us visually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tony, where could people find you online? Online, okay. If they wanted that's, to. That's more comfortable. Uh... You can find me, I'm at Tony Thaxton on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I don't really, I don't really Facebook, to be honest. I do have a page, but I don't really use it very much. Uh, sorry, Facebook heads. Uh, yeah, and that's about TonyThaxton.com. Uh, yeah, I do all kinds of dumb stuff. So find, find it all there. What's your podcast called again? It is called Feliz Navipod. <laughs> and you can follow that at, the, at those things, at Feliz Navipod. Uh, it's, it's Christmas all year long. Basically, it's a, it's a Christmas special. It's an all year long Christmas special that just constantly gets derailed. It's really the, the right. way to describe it. So you don't have to be a Christmas lover to, uh, to enjoy. You just need to be an idiot. You don't <laughs> even need to have heard of Christmas. To, you could just it helps though. participate. It does help. <laughs> you're you're not wrong, but it, maybe familiarize yourself with the concept a little bit. You know, that's too much pressure. At least, at least do some cursory Christmas. Reading. Cursory yes. googling. Some CCR. <laughs> um, I think that does it for episode thirty-one. We did it. An hour and. 200 hours. Another one in the can. High fives all around, y'all. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we did it. Boom. 
we'll be back next time. I'm sure it won't be another five months. I'm not. I'm less sure. It'll be when it is. Yeah. Look, guys, this kind of content you can't just make. (laughs) It takes a lot of preparation. (laughs) There's a lot. There's a lot of vision boarding that goes in to making yeah. these it's a lot yeah. it's uh, some heavy duty stuff the amount of time I stem yeah the amount of time I spend studying for this <laughs> podcast is I get it I get it <laughs> believe me I get it <laughs> Alice is like daddy play with me <laughs> like, I'm sorry <laughs> I closed my door <laughs> <laughs> alright guys All right. well this has been set phasers to fun thanks everybody bye Charlie bye Tony Bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm.